0: everybody. Laura here. Kelly is, of course, with me. And we wanted to preempt our episode that you're about to hear, because since Kelly and I each have separate businesses, we tend to meet with our guests and speak to them weeks, if not months in advance. Um, and that is the case with this episode as well. But given everything that's happening, particularly in the U.S., as well as globally, we did not feel right just pretending that it is business as usual. So to give a bit of context, this episode was recorded just as the news of the murder of george floyd was hitting the headlines um, and i also want to personally acknowledge brianna taylor and tony mcdade and all of the other names that my privilege will never let me have to know about um, so in typical doing good business format i want to speak for a moment just to the micro kelly is going to speak to the macro um, and then we'll let you enjoy this amazing episode which you know maybe the universe has divine timing is actually in corporate social responsibility and businesses doing good um, so for the micro, I want to invite all of the individual leaders that are you know, raising their hand and saying, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. Now is the time for white leaders to do our own work, to educate ourselves, to listen to the voices of Black people and other people of color who have different experiences. Now is the time to educate ourselves, and now is the time that we use our privilege to improve equity, to improve justice, and to improve um, inclusion in, in all of our organizations. So this is my official commitment to continue doing that. Um, and with that, I'll
1: pass it to Kelly to speak into the macro. Thank you, Laura. Yes. And and as often is the case, you and I are, are fairly well aligned on these things. Um, you know, The only difference being the micro macro perspective. And I really do believe that all that is happening now is a Vital inflection point for businesses, and um, especially in the context of social responsibility. So, wherever businesses currently are today, in terms of how they value diversity, provide equity, and foster inclusion, I really think that this is an opportunity for every company to go to a new next level, wherever they are currently. And one of the things that I think will define this newness of of this, the strategies, the initiatives, the points of connection, literally anything a company does now will be that it will be more defined by its stakeholders than we've ever seen before. So this means, of course, there will have to be C-level support for what's happening, but it will also mean there's going to have to be a lot of listening first, and that means inviting others to co-create what works. And that's just a, you know, a sniglet we, Laura and I, have both long advocates of, of doing good in business, as you all know. We've talked about these topics before. And what we're going to do in season three, which you'll hear more about in our finale um, on our next and final episode of this season, is to provide you more details of specifically what we're going to be able to work toward to help you in this, um, to help everyone as we take these, again, vital next steps forward.
0: Thank you so much, everyone. So join us in doing your own work. Look at yourselves, look at your organizations, look at the tables that you are sharing. Um, Enjoy this episode. And as Kelly said, our final episode of the season is gonna give you even more info on what we have in store um, under this umbrella for season three. So thank you all so much for being here. And now please enjoy the amazing Australian uh, Haley Cavill and her fantastic insight into uh, her life and helping companies do good.
2: Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful
1: results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind.
2: The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that
0: starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. As Kelly and I promised a couple weeks ago, we are so excited to continue our topic of altruism this month of June. And we have such an incredible guest. Again, Haley is actually our second Australian guest, which we are super into. But we have today with us Haley Cavill-Jaspers. And Haley is a do goodologist which I had shared in our episode a couple weeks ago. And I just love that that's your title, Haley. So, would you be kind enough to introduce yourself to our guests and let them know exactly what it is you do as a do goodologist?
3: <laughs> hi, Lara. How, hi, Kelly. Um, and welcome, everyone. And uh, so lovely to be with you from down under in Australia. So, I yes, I'm a self-proclaimed do-goodologist. I went through numerous titles in my 25 years in business, but uh, that's the one that seems to attract the most interest, so um, I've stuck with it. So, essentially, I, I run a, a company called Cavill & Co., which I started 25 years ago, and really what we do is we build partnerships between companies and charities. So um, I spent 12 years climbing the corporate ladder in London, And I got to a point in my life where I realised that that wasn't very satisfying for me and there must be more to life. And I wasn't particularly happy, even though I had all the trappings of success. And after a big um, trek through Africa, India and Nepal with a backpack and then spending time at Mother Teresa's mission, I realised that actually doing good and helping others is really the key to happiness. So uh, when I came to Australia, I decided to be the bridge between companies and charities. And so that's pretty much what I do.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So I know I certainly identify with the uh, long stint in the corporate world and realizing that there is much more out there to be done in a better way. So, so excited yes. to have you join us
3: today. And I'm so happy to have
1: Yeah, so happy to have you. And this is Kelly, and I'm, I'm going to jump in. Um, normally, Laura will ask the first question. I'm like, wow, after that introduction, Haley, I wish I had let Laura do that today because <laughs> That was just so powerful, right? And amazing. And I just love I'm so excited already because I love the way you describe that building partnerships between charities and companies or corporations, right? Because that's what it should be. And as Laura mentioned, we just did our own episode this month. The whole theme is on altruism. So um, I have a definition slightly different from the one Laura used in our show, but along the same lines that when we really think about altruism and we think about it in business, but the definition is. That we're using today is the principle and moral practice of concern for happiness of other human beings or animals, resulting in a quality of life, both material and spiritual. So that kind of sums up what you were saying. It sums up the way we feel and our approach for it. So kind of keeping that in mind and saying we're taking that into the business now. What do you feel are some key characteristics that define an authentic and truly altruistic? Partnership between corporations and you know, charities—we've we, to them as nonprofit organizations—but you know, what do you think really defines that type of a program?
3: Look, it's it's really fascinating the way things have evolved. Obviously, one of the benefits of being um, an old chick in this business is that you can see how trends, um, you know, shift and evolve. And I really do believe we're at the tipping point now of. What we call in Australia corporate social responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now. I'm one of the things I'm advocating is that corporate social responsibility needs to turn into corporate social response, because there's a lot of talk and a lot of strategy, but there's there's not enough action in my view. Mm-hmm. And you you will have seen um, the terrible bushfires that we had raging through Australia. Yes. Um, in December January here and i think that woke a lot of people up in particular business leaders to the impacts of climate change we've we've got um a, a government here that are uh, climate deniers um mm-hmm. and you know business i think is now recognizing that you know the impact is is quite severe and then of course covid hit as well mm-hmm. so i think i think now people are beginning to realize business leaders in particular are beginning to realize that we are not alone it's all interconnected. Um, something as as you know, tiny as an invisible virus can knock us for six and destroy the economy. You know, we're we're headed into a massive recession here, as I'm sure many parts of the world um, are experiencing. So, I, I'm really I'm really actually quite excited by the next six to twelve months in terms of how things are going to evolve, and I truly believe that business will step up and take action so in answer to your question the most authentic thing that a company can do is stop talking about it and take action and most importantly communicate what they're doing because a lot of companies do it privately which we all know is called philanthropy Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't benefit the company in any way and it also doesn't particularly benefit the cause because all causes need communication and yeah. there's, no better, there's no better sector to communicate than the corporate sector.
1: Absolutely. And and Laura and I talked about this, too, on the last show. I think you're right, we, and we hear it from others. Okay. The interconnectedness of who we all are has just really been exposed in ways that, we, you know, it, it could be convenient to look past that, um, easier mm. to look past that, but certainly the COVID pandemic has highlighted that, and along with the environmental things. And I was also thinking too, we had, um, and business leaders are responding. Laura and I spoke with Colin McIntosh, who um, has a company called Sheets and Giggles here in the US, and they make their bed linens out of eucalyptus lyocell. So he was a, a um, one of his philanthropic um, efforts was, of course, to send money over to help you all, you know, um, come back from those devastating fires. Again, understanding how important that was, not only for his company, but for the environment, right? Like, this yes. is, we're all in this together. Experience. What's the name of the company again? Oh, how fun is this? Sheets and Giggles.
3: I love it. Yes. I love it. <laughs> It we probably don't go down very well in New Zealand because the way they pronounce things, it will be it with shits and giggles.
1: Yes, yes. Why? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you could have been really? playing off of that. He's a fun guy on top of everything else. So uh, yeah. But thank what you for that. That's what we're seeing here: just the interconnectedness, and um, certainly how the environment is even bouncing back in this short amount of time. Also, mm-hmm. improvements. It's yes. I don't want to make that sweeping statement, just to say that there are improvements that we are seeing over here, which yes. is hopeful and encouraging.
3: Um, another thing I'd like to add to um, to your question, I think it was you, oh, Lara, yeah. that or Kelly who answered. Oh, that doesn't matter. Uh, that was, yeah. Okay, you asked the question about what makes it authentic. Um, I've done some research here um, and I published a book last year called Talking the Walk um, and it really does focus on millennials and, and their attitude to companies who are doing good in the world and also whether or not it's their role to do good in the world and it absolutely is. You know, some people say that companies should stay out of social issues but millennials uh, are saying no, uh, companies definitely have a responsibility and should be doing a lot more. But the the research has highlighted that um, in terms of consumer perception of companies and how they how they decide whether a company is genuine or not, and, and Australians are the most sceptical um, consumers in the world. So, um, yeah, that we are. That is fascinating. Yep. So, it's the reason that so many uh, products um, test down here. We have a lot of companies testing launches here because they say if it works in Australia, it'll work everywhere else in the world because consumers here are highly skeptical. But what they're saying is um, if they see the leader um, representing a particular cause or a particular social issue, then they believe that the company is genuine
0: hmm.
3: so that's wow. really interesting so that's that says to leaders that you need to be visible yes and uh, last year i think it was last year or the year before we had the same sex marriage debate and, um, and of course, it passed. Yay. And Yay. Um, a lot of businesses got involved, in particular, the Qantas CEO, who is um, openly gay, and he was a real stand for this issue. And he got actively involved in the campaigning. He even donated um, a big chunk of money um, towards the campaign. And the government said, stick to your knitting. So basically, you know, the government said keep out of this, but but actually no that the consumers are saying that they want leaders to to step up and be actively involved, mm-hmm. which is fantastic.
0: So I love, so we see the same thing in the US with the millennial population and I love like I just, you know, a lot of the millennials in the US get a bad rap, the millennials that I personally know and see are the people that are going to change the world and they're mm-hmm. the people that are going to require companies to have corporate social responsibility programs. They're going to require leaders to be visible with their philanthropy, to be visible with their messaging, and they're going to make decisions on their career paths based on those things. And, you know, I love, Haley, that you had said that the research shows that they really want leaders to be visible and leaders to have a platform and, and to have their beliefs be on display. What are some ways that you have seen leaders, you know, do good and and demonstrate altruism? Like, what are some great ways that you've seen actually happening in the world?
3: Well, I I think a really good example here in Australia, a very recent example, we've got this incredible um, philanthropist called Twiggy Forest. What a fantastic name. And he runs a a big um, mining and um, resource company in Western Australia. And he he gives millions and millions of dollars through his foundation, and he's he's pretty much known and respected as a as a cool dude. But um, recently he stood he stood at a press conference with the premier and the chief medical officer, and he's basically funded this mass testing campaign here, so that um, he's sourced from China um, at a, a, a very good price this test so that, you know, millions of Australians can actually receive the, the COVID test. And mm. um, he's bankrolled that. And I think that's a really, um, mm. just a really good example of how business and government have actually worked together. Now, obviously, the work that I do is I put, I put corporates and non-profits together. Um, I don't generally work with government. Um, for reasons that I will explain if you're you're interested. But this this was a really good example of a leader standing up and saying, you know what, what we need in this country to address this virus is more tests. I'm going to use my contacts in China to secure a deal. And and he went and did it and he bankrolled it. And I just think that's a a really brilliant example. And And he was public about it as well which is unlike Twiggy, he's normally very sort of um, shy and keeps a lot of his philanthropy quite quiet. So Mm. I I do believe that um, we're going to see a new era of leaders actually stepping up and and being visible, which, as I said before, is, is a great thing because the research is showing that that's what people want.
0: -hmm.
3: Well, from, from your
0: mouth, and I mean, talk about that is a, (laughs) that is a huge, amazing, profoundly impactful example. I mean, you know, partnership and Kelly and I were talking in our June 1st episode just about realizing how interconnected we all are. Um, and even when you talk about it from that high level of, you know, private sector companies with government with, you know, other nations, I, I mean, really, like if there's not a time for, business to demonstrate altruism and do good and leaders to step up and, and partner with everyone. You know, if it's not now, if not now, then when, right? I mean, yes. if this is not the thing that makes us all realize that interconnection is important. Um, yeah. I don't know what will.
1: And yeah. I think that the, the younger leaders coming in the younger generation for them, there, there isn't a distinction, right? So, yes. it's all, so it's the, the social mindedness, the social responsibility is already baked into what they're doing. It's not something that they seem to be questioning and saying, well, that's something that sits outside of our core business activities, which is the way right you, traditional CSR has been. It's been more of like a siloed activity. And yes, absolutely. More and more, and I think that this younger generation, and that really excites me about them, is it's like it's not even a problem for them. They don't see it as something they have to incorporate. They're building their businesses with that already baked into it, and um, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I'm curious in the research that you've done um, since that time, and and now we'll piggyback this uh, COVID pandemic on top of that. What type, you know, do you have a sense for? Our business Are the business leaders who have been in business for a very long time who are maybe bringing some habits of thinking and habits of doing into what they do today, are they getting the message? Do you think they're getting the message or do you think it'll just be an attrition thing and the, the newer businesses will take it forward? Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business.
3: It's interesting because we, you know, we have some very traditional companies here that have been around since, you know, we're a very young country, but we've got companies that have been around since the beginning, quite young companies like, we have a bank called Commonwealth Bank, which was the very first bank and Westpac, and they are they are global leaders in corporate social responsibility, even though you know they've they've got that sort of traditional base. So it it, it so much depends on the leader. And so many of the leaders here are, are quite young. So they've got that mindset already and they bring it they bring it to the company. Obviously, it's, it's tougher to try and embed a corporate social responsibility or social good strategy into an existing company. Wow. But I think they're beginning to realise now that they simply have to, if they want to remain relevant, and if they want to remain in business, I, I find it really interesting how the word sustainability has been hijacked by the corporate sector to mean environmental and social good when really if you look at the definition of sustainability it simply means survival and for me I think big companies are beginning to realise now that if they if they're going to survive as a business they need to be sustainable in terms of environment so they need to embrace this practice and we've got companies here, there's a gorgeous young company called Atlassian and they're a software company and they were founded by two young guys in their 30s. And when they created the company, they embedded some uh, amazing values, including you know, that they, they have to give back. So they do a lot of work in terms of um, supporting their staff to, to take time off. To volunteer for causes that, that resonate with them. And then they also have a program where they contribute both uh, goods in kind, they contribute skills, they c- contribute intelligence, as well as money to a range of different causes that they support. But, it, but it's kind of part of their DNA, whereas, yeah, for mm-hmm. others, it still is a bit of a bolt on. But I do believe that companies who do not embrace this, they're not going to have the support of customers. They're not going to have the support of staff. They're not going to be able to attract the best talent, and they're just going to be seen as irrelevant and and just you know money hungry and just a typical greedy corporate.
1: I agree, and they'll have some customers for a while, <laughs> but not always. No,
0: I totally agree. I mean so last, uh, gosh, last year it was almost a year ago. I think it was April of two thousand eighteen. Kelly and I did a live event. And we had a panel of leaders mm-hmm. together. Um, and one of the leaders was a director of marketing for a local company to us called WorkZone. And they're a project management software company, which, you know, that's fine and well and good. But one of the things that they do as an organization, Haley, is just what you mentioned. They support their staff and they do a, ma- a matching donation to a charity of each person's choice every year. They do, you know, they're a small company. They do a, you know, a few days to give back as team building, you know, instead of spending big bucks on fancy leadership retreats, they do um, community service together as a team. And, you know, that's a lot of what they, I know, talk about as part of their organizational culture. And it, it's maybe, and maybe you're the person to ask this, Kelly, but I would imagine it's easier to implement for a small company, you know, 20 some people as a, opposed to a large corporation. Um, but maybe that's not true. I'm actually curious if you've noticed there being a difference in implementing things like that with size of company.
3: Um, look, definitely, you know, a, a larger company is certainly more challenging. But um, you know, one of the best examples that I cite here all the time is is the American company Interface. And oh, the most, I know. I just I use that case study all the time, and the incredible Ray Anderson, who um, you know, I was so inspired by his leadership. Mm-hmm. So you know that that wasn't an easy task, and and what they did is they set a twenty year goal which yeah. they've now achieved it was to become mission 0 and but what it took is 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 solid leadership mm-hmm. and then a team of people around him and obviously it took investment but all the research is showing that after after the initial investment they are now doing better financially than ever they've mm-hmm. saved money and you know, there's other evidence to suggest that not only not only will you increase your trust and win back the trust of customers, because let's let's face it, trust in corporates is at a, is at an all time low. Right. Um, not only will it attract the best talent, but there are some stats that also show that um, companies who are on the stock exchange uh, fare better if they've got a solid CSR strategy. So you know, it it does impact the bottom line. A lot of people used to consider. Social good or philanthropy or whatever way we want to describe it as this warm, fluffy thing that you do in good times, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think as as we bump up against a global recession, um, my message to companies is: this is not something that you cut back on because it it's essential to your business and it's essential. And there's not many strategies, to be honest with you, that that actually touch on customers. That touch on community, as in you know, um, being welcomed by the community, and mm-hmm. and if you want to move into a community, being embraced by that community, uh, reputation, um, staff engagement, staff pride—you know—it ticks so many boxes, and it is not something that people should be cutting right now. In fact, I'm I'm pushing here for an increase in investment in this area, and ultimately, we're all human beings, you know. And I think I've mentioned to you before that I've written a book called Do Goodology. I've, I've mm-hmm. taken my Do Goodologist title and I've written this book called Do Goodology and basically um, it's it, it shows that humans are wired to do good and we talk about corporates and we talk about nonprofits and whatever but at the end of the day we're all a bunch of humans just moving bits of paper around or you yeah. know doing our thing and this is so fundamental to who we are and Uh, Many, many years ago, when I first started working with non-profits, I discovered this term called um, the giving high. And Mm. uh, I was like, what is that? What is the giving high? So I started to do research. And of course, with the advent of MRI machines and um, fMRI and all of that, we can now monitor what happens in the brain when people take certain actions. And I know there's a really good TED talk about this, and I can't remember the guy's name, but anyway, it's in my book. But what my research, what my book has done is summed up all the research from around the world, including the new neuroscience research. Mm -hmm. And it shows that um, doing good is one of the four things that releases a cocktail, um, a chemical cocktail that makes you feel awesome. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't we want to do more of that? Right. And I mean you're
1: speaking my language, Haley, on, on so many different in fact, if I just kind of close my eyes, I'd think, wait, are we replaying some previous episodes? Even just the phrases that you use. So I get uh, really Absolutely. And we talk about, well, so I'll stay with the brain thing. When you activate that, you're activating everything in the prefrontal cortex, which is what everyone wants and it's what business leadership wants, right? Time management. Yeah. Organizing, self regulation, creativity, all of those things, right? So it's always struck me as a little bit ironic to think then why do we have business practices that stilt that or stunt it in some way or repress it? So I think that's just super interesting. I'm a big fan of the fMRI for that reason because now there's, you know, proof you can actually see it happening. And we say too, Lauren, I say it all the time, that doing good business happens in good times and in bad when everyone's looking and when no one's looking, right? It's just yes. part of who you are. And I think that's the hallmark of altruism is it's just this natural thing that happens and you don't
3: necessarily need an outside force to inspire it. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we, you know, there's one thing that we all want, which is we want to feel good. Yep. Um, which is why so many people choose alcohol and drugs and all those other things mm-hmm. that give us that feel-good hormone. But what they don't realise is that doing good actually gives you that hormone and then some. Yes. So the two hormones which are released when you when you practise altruism or do good is oxytocin and dopamine. Dopamine is called the reward hormone. Um, yep. So you get a reward for your behaviour. But then there's this other one that uh, is oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. And that one is only released when you do four things, which is sex, altruism, breastfeeding, and childbirth. So for men, you've only got two. Right. You know, men have to do good or have sex if they want to have those two, two hormones released at the same time, which is that chemical cocktail that just makes you feel giddy. Um, and we see it when we see, you know, young lovers, you know, staring into each other's eyes. That's that's that chemical cocktail. Right. So I, so I, that's I
1: what we're going for in our business strategies, right? We want to see that that look amongst our team, <laughs> <laughs> feeling really
0: I'm good. falling in love with our CSRs. <laughs> exactly. Imagine,
3: imagine if a customer was going down the aisle in a supermarket and looked at your product like that. Like, exactly. you know, that's every marketer's dream to have their brand mm-hmm. receive that kind of love and halo effect. Absolutely. So it's so obvious to me that, um, that this, is, this is such a fundamental thing. And it, it flies in the face of, you know, there was a book 10, 20 years ago by Richard Dawkins called The Selfish Gene. And he pretty much said that, you know, we're all innately selfish and I dispute that. I say no, we're not. We're we're in, we're innately wired to do good because otherwise, yeah. why would it release this chemical cocktail that you only get from sex, childbirth, and and breastfeeding? Like it's it's right. who we are as humans. So to me, it's it's such a fundamental thing, and it's ridiculous that companies. Companies are so good at utilising you know the latest hot trend or the latest influencer to help market their products. And this this is it. This is the thing that's yeah. going to get them to really connect with, with customers and that's what companies need to do now. Love it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, one of the things Kelly and I talked about earlier this month and
0: you know, that I have noticed myself doing is, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm voting with my dollar. So I'm looking at how am I spending? What are the companies, you know, are they doing things like this? Like do they have social give back strategies? No, we had a listener after um hearing the episode uh, with Colin from Sheets and Giggles, we had a listener tell us that she was going to use her uh, U.S. stimulus check to buy some sheets from Sheets and Giggles because resonating so much with his message and, you know, the way he's given back. And like, he was an absolutely altruistic person, you know, donated 200 sets of sheets to a COVID hospital in Denver, Colorado. And, you know, that, that googly eyes, right, the new couple googly eyes, like, you know, to get that with your product, to get that for your organization, to get people you're trying to recruit to work for your organization to get consumers. You know, Kelly and I talk about this a lot about, you know, where do we spend and how do we cut down their spend on these companies that don't seem to have a soul um, and and shift our spending into more, you know, small businesses, businesses that are giving back, businesses that have a, a triple bottom line. So I think we're just going to see it more and more. And Haley, I know you have some amazing things. So the book that you had mentioned, Do Goodology, We'll link to that in the show notes. That is actually a free download on your website. So people can get yes. that. My, That is amazing. I can't wait to read it. And you have another offer for our listeners that we'll also link to talking the walk too. tell us a little bit about that. And we'll put the code so that everybody can get that
3: for free as well. So, yeah, they're, they're two very different books, but obviously Do Goodology just sums up all the research in plain English. I'm I'm very much for um, writing things in plain English, so that was a tough one for me because, you know, the research and the neuroscience is actually quite complex, but that just explains, you know, the, the impact that altruism has and, and how, how it releases those hormones. So that's a good little read. And I've made it available free, and I haven't even put, it goes against all my marketing um training I haven't put um any kind of uh, capture code oh, yeah. so I, I don't have to, I don't capture details because my view is it's not free if you have to give your name and address to receive this thing then it's not free right. so I've had almost 2,000 downloads of that book already and I haven't even promoted it so that's um, awesome. wow so yeah have a good read and it is global it covers research from around the world including uh USA um and then talking the walk was really um it was three years work where I basically gathered research from all over the world on a whole array of issues, including uh, rec- trust in corporates, um, whether or not consumers would um, switch brands, whether or not consumers have actively boycotted brands, actively bought brands. I've got research from Cone in there, Carol Cone, obviously the the, the mother mm-hmm. of um, of cause-related marketing and social good in America. And um, there's research from Deloitte. There's research from, uh, there's millennial research. It's literally, I've pulled it all together. And then I've just said, okay, what does this all mean? My house was covered in post-it notes for six months. My husband went fishing to get out of the house. And it was really interesting because I've I've done this before because I, I, I don't like to do research if it already exists. It's just crazy to me. So when I've brought research together from different parts of the world and from different organisations, I often find a real uh, contradiction, but not this time. Everything was pointing in the same direction Mm. in terms of um, why companies need to embrace corporate social responsibility. So it covers everything you need. And then once you actually Uh, download the book you have access to a resource center so everything that I gathered the 28 research reports that I that I took from there's case studies in there there's the interface case study there's videos so there's an an incredible resource center at the back of it for people who download the book so normally I charge I think it's 70 something dollars for it but I've I've given you a code so your listeners can have a copy uh, with my love
0: Oh, you're Wonderful. amazing. So thank that you. That is available, listeners, just so everybody knows that is available through June thirtieth. So head to the link in our show notes, grab your copy of Talking the Walk. We'll put the discount code into it's doing G business, obviously. <laughs> and that is free to June thirtieth. But Haley, thank you so much. First of all, that's an incredibly generous offer for you to give that to our listeners and just thank you for coming and, and sharing your do goodology with us today and thank you was, for being part of our
1: altruism month and you know for working with wonderful. us through this crazy situation it's been amazing it's been amazing and and I have to say Haley it's you're you're bringing such uh hope and optimism I love the fact that in this in this research and I think we've identified it throughout this conversation we're hearing a lot of the same things across the world so I have a a, a lot of um even more optimism that we are headed in a direction where companies are going to be doing more of this and that we'll see that happen around
3: the world. So thanks for highlighting that in your research also. You're welcome. Like for for me the the business sector is the most resourced innovative sector that we have in society and and they have to step up now. It's it's absolutely imperative. It's it's no longer is it good enough to talk about it it's now action. So corporate social response is what's needed. Love it. Beautiful. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, Kelly and I will be back in two weeks to close out season two. I can't even believe it. Have an amazing day, everyone.
2: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.